not Randy. I'm not even one of the pastors from one of the other churches. My name is Michael Gilbert. I'm one of the elders here at uh, Midtown Fellowship. And all right. Nice. Um, I had the privilege of bringing the word this morning. Um, so one of the things I want to start out with, well, first off, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, if you're like me at all, but you're probably not, thank goodness, um, you are mildly entertained when numbers line up. So today is one, two, three, one, two, three. It, it, raise your hand if you're the first to know that right now. Is that the first time you heard that? Okay. That brings me so much satisfaction. If you are entertained by that, then we're going to be in good shape today because uh, we have a lot we're going to talk about. So we're going to move fast. Um, this is my third year getting to preach on New Year's, and I don't know why all the pastors take off on New Year's, but I'm kind of glad they do. Um, it's an opportunity for really uh, for me to dig in. And um, when I, past couple years, I've got to give the sermon. The Lord does more in my heart than maybe you'll get. So this is kind of a selfish endeavor when I say yes to this. Um, but hopefully the Lord will use that. So we're going to move fairly quickly. This is going to be an interactive sermon. So there are kids in this room. I know that. And so there's going to be some things uh, that involve the kids uh, from 1 to 92. Um, <laughs> Okay, so uh, we're going to start with some scripture. It's probably from an old book you're, you might not be familiar with. The Old Testament has lots of uh, books in there. So we're going to start with a book, um, a book that's very close to my heart. It's from First Hesitations. Okay, so First Hesitations says, guys, and everyone pay attention. If you, if you can't find it in your Bible, it'll be up here. Okay, First Hesitations 1, 1 through 10. Man must be really good. I mean really, really good, or at least try to be really good. Um, everyone following along up there? Okay. Okay. Uh, they must try to be really good, but he or she is free to change the standard of what is good and righteous whenever it is convenient. All right. This is kind of the Greek translation, so I might get lost here, but um, the great cosmic scale of what is pure and holy can be changed willy-nilly, willy-nillieth, if you're uh, King James Version, uh, depending on someone's own personal truth or evolving truth, all right? Should be closed in prayer. Um, okay, so I, I, I share that in jest because it's so amazing how easily I can um, base my life and view things off of something that's just not true. I can functionally operate my spiritual life off of something that is just not true. Um, again, this sermon is for me, so I hope y'all can come along with me in joining this. But um, I have to confess that I am a person that's a little obsessed with performance and my performance. Um, I get to do for a living food service, and so I feed uh, kids at a school. I have a catering company. I, just, I also have a restaurant that I kind of just retooled. So I feed people, and I literally feed thousands of meals a week. Um, the thing about food and my job is that, you know, I, I probably satisfy 80% of the people 80% of the time. There's 20% that are just never going to be happy. Um, but so December was a really good month for us, but I made like a bunch of mistakes, like a bunch of mistakes. I had one customer order food, paid for it, didn't even deliver it, lost it. I don't know. We just didn't do it. Um, I had another, I did a meal for Midtown for all the pastors. Maybe this is why I get to preach because they're getting me back. 
But I, I did a meal for Midtown for the pastors, and um, there was like some dietary restrictions. I just didn't do it. I wasn't, it wasn't because I didn't want to or I was unwilling. I just failed at my performance. And um, this is the confession side of me that like that affects me. That affects how I think you look at me. And so I'm obsessed with my performance. And uh, I joke about the first hesitations, but that's one of those things where like, I think it matters and how you view me matters. And I will move heaven and earth to make you look at me in a better way. And so um, that's just not freeing. That is actually not the gospel, not the good news. And so we joke from having a, a, a verse that's not real. We're going to move into some real verses, so I won't be kicked out of the PCA church for bringing blasphemy. But um, to illustrate, this is kind of a silly example, but to illustrate like how much I think in my performance matters, we got invited to a Christmas party. My wife gave me permission to share this, but we got invited to a Christmas party and uh, the host was like, hey, talk to my wife, Jenny. Hey, can well, Jenny asked, what can we bring? She's like, well, we got a lot of people. Could you bring like a spinach artichoke dip? Jenny's like, great, no problem. And then she knew there was gonna be a lot of people and she doubled the recipe. And then I came home and in, <laughs> again, I cook professionally, she does not. My wife is a great cook. But this one particular instance, she had cooked the dish, she cooked the dip in a wide dish. And if you put cheese and creamy stuff in a wide dish, it basically makes like a, top of a pizza crust, right? So not so much of the dip, more of like a cheese crust. Y'all, I was mad at my wife for this. Not because I wasn't gonna be able to eat it, it's because we were gonna go to a party and everyone's gonna know that Michael's a chef and he brings this dip that's not up to standards. And like, we had a tiff about it. I mean, I was like, we, we had to like deal with it before we went into the party with friends. And so I can live in a very fragile cheese dip gospel reality, which is just no peace, no way. So this is where I need y'all to help me. Can anyone relate to that? Okay, good. Y'all are weird. (laughs) No, so in the backseat, we were pulling up to the house and bringing this and we were still working it out. And poor Josie, my daughter was like, guys, it doesn't matter. She was like, mom, people are still going to love you because they're our friends. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't taste good. They don't really care. They just want us here at the party. And I'm like, you think that. But the truth is, your professional reputation is on the line. And I had already suffered a lot of, uh, reputa- uh, or my, yeah, I suffered a lot of um, uh, embarrassment from all my mistakes of December. And so anyway, a fragile cheese dip gospel. And so I need help when it comes to the gospel. And that's something we always preach in Midtown is the gospel. And like, if you're new to Midtown, you're new to the church, you're like, what is this gospel? What does that even mean? Um, Please keep coming back because you're going to hear it every single Sunday. But it's, it's the good news and the good news of Jesus coming to rescue us from a fake cheese dip existence, okay? Because there's no peace in a cheese dip existence. The woman I love more than anything in the world somehow we can battle over cheese dip. And so that points to a reality that I need a lot of help reminding myself of the gospel and remembering that there is freedom from that. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through the gospel. We're going to go through the old fashioned, if you're a Southern Baptist convert like me, we're going to go through the Romans road, but it's actually really fun. So I'm actually excited to share the good news of the gospel. So 
This is where it's going to get interactive. Are y'all ready? Are y'all awake? Did we run out of coffee? We did. I think we technically ran out of coffee. So, all right, guys. First one, we're going to go Romans 3.23. So this is actually in the Bible. So if you do open your Bible, you'll find it. Romans 3.23. But if you're like me in ADD, just watch it up here. Don't worry about digging through the Bible. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, that's kind of the bummer news. Hey, welcome to church. We're having fun, kid service. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, not to critique the Bible, but I'm going to. Just the, the, the language of fall short of the glory of God, to me, kind of makes like it feel like it just barely missed it. Does that make sense? It's like, well... I got 99% there, but there's that 1%, well, no one's perfect, whatever. So that really doesn't accurately describe sort of the, the imagery of all have fallen short of the glory of God. The glory of God is holiness, pure perfection, righteousness. So to illustrate that, all those who are able, I want you to stand up. Yep, we're doing it. Everyone, please stand up. Okay, turn to your neighbor and high five it. Just high five it. Awesome. Okay. We're warming up. All right. Listen, this will be easy for the kids. Kids, turn to someone who's taller than you and just high five them. And then adult, make it a little bit harder. Make it a little bit harder. High five it. Yes. Right. High fives everywhere. All right. So for you tall people, good job. All right. Everyone's high five. We did it. We got it. All right. On the count of three, we're all going to jump and high five the moon. Ready? One, two, three. High five the moon. All right. Who got it? Who got it? Okay. That's a better picture. We all fell short of high fiving the moon. Who feels bad about that? It's an impossible standard. The glory of God. Are you kidding me? All right. Y'all can have a seat. The whole idea of like, well, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. It gives me a little bit more compassion when I know the standard is out of reach. If I, if I think I can achieve it, I'm going to stress over it. I'm going to actually pour my identity into a performance that's going to try to achieve the glory of God, which is so prideful on my end because it's unobtainable. The glory of God is unobtainable apart from God himself intervening. Oops. Good news. He intervened. All right, so we're going to move on to Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So again, this is one of the things I want to point out, a little snippet of it, where it says, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that means while we were still sinners means we were still sinners. We didn't achieve anything. God didn't look down from heaven and be like, well, I know that cheese dip was terrible, but... Uh, Michael's trying hard or Jenny's trying or he doesn't look down and say, okay, well, you're trying, so I'm going to give you a little extra grace and come after you. He, he does it because he loves us and he picks us up and does it. So while we're in our sinful state, another translation of sinners uh, is that we were enemies of God. Okay, bummer news number two. This is like the bad news of the good news and the good news of the bad news of like, we were enemies of God. Those of us that are or those of you, I'm with God, but people that aren't believers in Christ, it says that we are enemies of God. 
And so that's kind of a hard concept to kind of think about, especially in a kid's sermon. But there's some truth to it, and it's something we, we kind of need to wrestle with. And so another way to kind of uh, think about sin and then this idea of being enemies of God. So imagine... Hmm, all right, who's ever been on an Alaskan cruise? Okay, all right. did you do the thing where like you have an excursion, excursion and like ride a boat out and like chip a thing off of an iceberg and have a drink with like iceberg ice? Anybody ever done that? Okay. My wife has done that. Cool. <laughs> I want to go next time. Um, okay, so freezing cold water. You're on a boat. There's freezing cold water. So imagine if you're just like, you know what? This boat is so stupid. I'm out of here. And you just cannonball out of the boat. You're like taking off your clothes. Well, I'm not going to get my clothes wet. This is dumb. And a cannonball into the water, freezing cold. All right. So a complete abandonment of what is safe and reality into a world that you think you can build your own. So th- that's what I want y'all to think about when we think about sin. Um, yes, there's little things that we do that are sinful and like sinful behaviors, but like sin is a bigger concept than just an action. Than just an action. It's a complete abandonment or rebellion against what is good. All right? So in Romans 6.23, I know we're moving around a lot. So if you can go to Romans 6.23, Tobin. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, we go back to the idea of the wages of sin is death. And so God's not like this God up in heaven with like lightning bolts and be like, oh, I saw what you did. You're dead. Yeah, I saw what you did. It's It's not the image that we have of God and God being, while we were still sinners, came and gave his son to die for us. This rebellion that I'm talking about, this sin, another way to illustrate it is that imagine we're a fish in a bowl and then it says the wages of sin is death. So we're this fish in a bowl. We're swimming around, living a life. And then just like, all of a sudden we're like, you know, this bowl's too small. And then you just flop out of the, out of the bowl and flop on the ground. You're just kind of wiggling around. What's going to happen to that fish if he doesn't go back into the water? It's going to die. It's another picture of sin and being complete rebellion of what you were made for and say, I'm leaving that. I want my own kingdom. I think I can do better outside of God's kingdom. And God is a God that loves us and warns us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm going to point out another word here. Are y'all with me? Okay. Because again, this is for me. So, um, but the gift of God is eternal life. It doesn't say, (laughs) it tells us what we earn in the wages. Like if you have a job and you get paid wages, is sort of the trade-off of your time and effort, you get money. Sort of the trade-off of your independence from God uh, and building your own kingdom is death. All right, we're following along. But the gift of God is eternal life. So we just had Christmas. How many of y'all decided to leave a present under the tree and said, ah, I don't care, I'll just leave it? No one, okay. (laughs) It was a gift. What do you do with gifts? You open it. Even if it's underwear. I remember my grandmother, this is not part of my notes, but my grandmother, I don't know why, but gave me, I guess my grandfather had died, and a couple years later, she was just going through stuff and gave me some of his old underwear for Christmas. <laughs> we got to open up one present on Christmas Eve, and it was always for my grandmother. 
And, you know, it was always, it was a, a grandmother level gift. Um, sorry to the grandmothers in the room. Don't give underwear to grandkids. Um, but it was a pair of his old boxer shorts. And I just, and she was there. I was like, okay, thank you. You know, and I had to like fake it. But um, anyway, that's not the kind of gift we're talking about. So the, <laughs> the gift of God is eternal life. And if you hear nothing else this morning, I need y'all to know that a gift is a gift because it's a gift. And what do we do with gifts? We open it. And who gives us the gifts? At Christmas, do your parents give you gifts because they have to? No. <laughs> they don't. They don't have to, but they do because they want to, because they love you. And so we have the same picture here. While we were still messy, while we were enemies of God, God sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, to, make a pay, to pay the way for our rebellion against God, to be the kind of God that comes and picks us out of the iceberg water and puts us back into the sanity of the boat and says, this is where you belong. I've made you for this. The kingdom that you want to build or you think you need to build or this performance you think is going to give you an identity or make people like you or whatever it is, is not peace. You're swimming in ice cold water and it's not going to give you what you want. What you're made for and what you want is actually to live in perfect harmony with me. So, all right, do I have Romans 8, 1, Tobin? All right. Romans 8, 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So that is one of those that, if you were here two years ago, I spoke about condemnation. But condemnation is one of those things where it's like, how do you, like if you're in a house that's condemned and you invite people into your condemned life, like there's, there's a problem. There's something where you're gonna have an issue. You're gonna say, I don't feel comfortable living out of that. Uh, in, our, in, in our kingdom, in our iceberg water, in our out of the fishbowl life, if we are living there, there's condemnation. The wages of sin is death. There's, there's not peace. There's none of that exists. And so in Romans 10.9, I know I'm bouncing around here. It's on purpose. Romans 10.9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This new reality that we have in Jesus, for those who believe in Jesus, for those who have confessed with their mouth and believe in their hearts, and if you're asking yourself, what does that really mean? Is it really just a matter of words? Is it really just a matter of just like, like abracadabra, I'm saved? You know, it's returning to the sanity of, you know what, I don't want to live in this world this iceberg world, this cold water world. I'm a fish flopping on dry land. I'm not made for that. Please, Lord, pick me up. Bring me back to the sanity of where you've made me to be. And so that's as simple as that. That's the good news of we have a God that comes in our sinful state. Just like a parent that has a baby. I'm going to say poop in church, guys. But parents, you know this all too well. And kids, guess what? When you're a baby, you pooped your pants. But while you're in that state, your parents with great love, great tenderness, picked you up, recognized what was going on, but they, they cleaned you up. A parent doesn't leave you in that, that state. 
It recognizes that while you pooped your pants, your parents have picked you up, taken you, and doesn't say, oh, I love you, and put you back down. It says, I love you, and because I love you, I'm going to clean you up, and I'm going to actually take you from that state and put you into something that's better for you. And guess what? What Parents, what did that kid do five minutes later? <laughs> pooped their pants again. All right? And it, parents, did y'all just like, you know what? Well, you might feel like this. Were you like, I quit. I'm done. You keep pooping your pants. Stop it. Or you keep peeing yourself. Why do you do that? A parent knows that a baby is in that stage. It doesn't know how to not do that. It's in this state. And so much like that, this standard of the glory of God that we were made for, created for, but we can't get there on our own. We have to be taken outside of our own self and placed, in, and placed into something different in order to be able to achieve the glory of God. Um, I use the wrong word, not achieve the glory of God, to receive the glory of God as a gift. Um, and so, speaking of uh, making mistakes, some of y'all have an envelope on your, on your seat. If you have an envelope on your seat, just kind of hold it up. All right. Speaking of performance, I left an apostrophe off of a word. And so it says, don't pick it up or don't open it. Um, all right. So this is another interactive thing here. But this news of the gospel of, of Jesus coming and rescuing us, cleaning us up, restoring us to the sanity of actually being on a boat with our Father in the creation of what we are created for, a greater love than we're able to participate in on our own. It's hard to believe. The good news is the good news, but it's good because, or it's hard because it's just hard to believe. God is coming after us and calling us and saying he loves us. And then I joke about having, you know, kids poop their pants and but there's a lot of adults that we can attribute that same word to our situations of what we have done. And we still have a Father in heaven that sees us and cares for us in that moment and dearly and deeply loves you. And so for those of you that have an envelope, I'd like for you to uh, open it up now. For those of you who don't have an envelope, I would like you to please stand. Oh. Uh, All right, those that have an envelope inside, you're going to see a message in there. In fact, you're going to see the same message repeated over and over. And if you'll notice, it says, you are dearly and deeply loved by God. Yep, it's true. Everyone see that? Okay, and so when you look at it and you read it, it's true for you, right? All right, so... Let's go ahead and take it, take one of them and put it on and wear it. Okay. What does it say? That's right. And it's pointing to someone else now, right? What you wear and what you own and what God has done is now someone else. All right. So those of y'all that are standing, they didn't get that message. And so the thing about the gospel, it's good news, but it's good news because it needs to be shared. It needs to go out. And so if those of y'all that have envelopes, you have extra. I would like for you to find someone that doesn't have one 
and give them the good news. You guys got to share the good news. And sometimes people need to know, some people need some on the front and the back. Okay. All right, if you have a sticker, go ahead and sit down. All right, so if you have extra stickers, all right, this is, y'all are going to just, I only get to do this once a year, so y'all can, if you're already annoyed with me, I'll see you next year. Um, uh, if you have extra stickers, please stand up. We have an overabundance amount of, this, of the good news. The good news is not just for us and keep it personal and then just walk away. The good news is for the world. And so the, the news for the world is that just like a father, a good father picks up his kid and says, I dearly and deeply love you. I care for you. I see the struggle you're going through and I'm in that. Y'all can have a seat. The, the struggle that you're going through the mess that you have made, whether it's physical, emotional, whatever it is, the mess that we have made, our Father meets us in that moment and calls us His children and comes after us and never leaves us there. A good father never leaves his kid in this mess. Picks us up, he cleans us up, knowing that there's no amount of perfection. There's no amount of like, well, I did it once and that's good enough, so see when you get here. It's a perpetual thing where we are children and the God, our Heavenly Father loves us and, and cares for us and meets us in those moments. But the thing about this, this message that you are dearly and deeply loved by God, yep, it's true, is that we have to remind ourselves. And I need you guys to remind me about that. Kids, I need y'all to remind your parents about that because your parents need this message. It's hard being a parent, amen? amen. It's hard being a kid, Amen. <laughs> it's hard preaching when you don't do it for a living. Amen? Amen. As a church, that's the beauty of the church is that this message of the good news is that we are not alone on that boat. And when we cannonball or can open back into the cold water thinking, you know what? That's not working very much. It's too hard. People see my ugly. I got to leave. We have other people to remind us. That they get, no, 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 that's not true. Remember, you are dearly and deeply loved by God. Yep, it's true. And just it's a sobering moment to remind us about the truth of the gospel, the good news that we have. And not because we earned it. We've established that. Remember the, remember the high five of the moon? We couldn't do it. No one could do it. I saw from up here, I had the best view of anyone, and no one did it. Okay? So this performance, my performance, this, this lie that makes me think that I can get there if I just, I just barely missed the moon. Like, I, I can't get six inches off the ground, let alone get there. Uh, this idea that we can do it is just a lie. It's a lie from the devil. And so we need to be reminded of the good news, that we have the one that can do it, that did do it, in Jesus Christ, who came and lived the perfect life, not to show us how to do it, because we still can't do it. He was God incarnate. 
He alone could do it. And what he does, rather than show us an example, he tosses all that out and he says, here, I'll give you my righteousness. And it's not a fickle righteousness that depends on your cheese dip existence. It is a righteousness that is sealed forever through the blood of Jesus. And it's free. It, it, it's for you. It's for me. And this is the first time ever hearing that. Please hear that. That it is a gift. Just like a kid wants to open up all the gifts on Christmas morning, the gift of salvation is a gift. Quit trying to earn it, Michael Gilbert. Don't try to earn it. It is a freely given because your Heavenly Father loves you. So guys, you are dearly and deeply loved by God. It is true. The last verse I have for you is from Ephesians. And it kind of points to this idea that like, we need to remind each other. I need y'all to remind me because it's hard out there. Amen? Amen. It's from Ephesians 3, 18, 3, 18 and 19. And it's not up here, so use your ears. It says, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So when we go back to the first, when we talk about Romans 3.23, that all have fallen short of the glory of God, those of us in Christ, those of us who know grace, who know love, who understand <laughs> our real reality of we are the children in diapers that need to be cleaned up and need to be helped, and need to be held, need to be fed, need to be cared for. Those that know that, there's peace in that existence, not in the cheese dip existence of trying to achieve a performance that will make you like me. It says, may you have the power to understand. So even the gospel, the good news, even if you're hearing it for the first time, you also need to hear that it's hard to hear. You need to understand that it's hard to remind yourself alone and so that we need to remind each other about this because it's good news. And we live as, <laughs> we know the kid, well, I'm gonna use myself, not the kid. I'm a, I'm a jerk when I think I can get righteousness on my own. And I'm a jerk when I think that you should like me based off of my performance. And that is not a way to love. <laughs> it's not. It's a way of despair and entitlement. And I'm not a good neighbor to you. I'm not a good husband <laughs> when I put cheese dip over uh, loving my wife, when I put a performance over loving my daughter. So please remind me, please remind each other that I am dearly and deeply loved by God. Yep, it's true. Here, y'all pray with me. Ah, Heavenly Father, Thank you that you are a God that you uh, use broken people. You have used broken people from the start, and you're still doing it now. Thank you for your church, and thank you for your beautiful son, Jesus, that this gift of salvation um, and this good news, it's good because it shines a light in a darkness that is bad news. It's a, it saves me from a world that is not peace. And you have created me, and you created us for something greater you created us for a love that is deeper, wider, higher, longer than anything that we could build of a small, fragile kingdom that we tinker with, God. I pray that you tear down the walls that keep us from understanding this good news, and I pray that we would be a people that would forever remind each other in this city, in this world, that you are a heavenly father that dearly and deeply loves your children and that you come after your children
And for those that are hearing this for the first time, Lord, that they would be, uh, that they would allow you to scoop them out of the cold waters of a self kingdom and into the peace that comes in your kingdom, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.